Today we're going to be talking about breaking into iOS and a few other things. I'll first want to start off with Bryce, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how did you get into iOS development? Yeah, of course. I've had quite a journey into iOS. I first started Xcode in 2017 and I was, you know, learned UI kit at the time, but I built a few projects throughout college, which went okay, but never got anything quite to the app store like I did after graduation. And then kind of the next journey in my iOS development path is I built an Apple Watch app called Stamina Bar. I did the research and development, drew the idea on a whiteboard, and eventually built an MVP, put it to the App Store, let people kind of give feedback. And then for about the past year, just over a year, I've been iterating it. And during the time I was building Stamina Bar, I was looking for my first iOS development job. And in May 2023, I started at Insurance Leaders Marsh McLennan Agency as an iOS developer. In that role, we are I'm a part of a software team called Engaged. So we're you know, big company, but we work as a software team of about 30 people, some developers and client services, but we work as a software team in a large company. Yeah. Oh. And how did you go from that process of like, so you built an app, right? Or maybe even a few, and you started going down the path of like the job search and trying to land a job. How did, how did that process happen? Yeah, so like I said, I started iOS really just learning about it in 2017, mm -hmm. and I was always passionate about it, but never, maybe a bit imposter syndrome, maybe just not applying. But I realized uh, like about one or two jobs in my career that, you know, I really, when it comes down to it, I really love iOS development. So I thought, okay, I know I want to go for an iOS development job. And to do that, I had to just build a project. I started Stamina Bar from a literal blank project because I wanted to see, like I, I knew a bit about Swift already and get the job. I knew that I had to build a good project. So I'm yeah. telling you, I started with a blank project, yeah. <laughs> didn't know what I could build with it, but. I stuck with it every day, just kind of building something. And then eventually I got to a point where, okay, I have an idea of what I want to build now. So let's run with that. And yeah, there was a couple of projects that when you're building your own project, you may see something on GitHub of a project that you kind of pull in and yeah. learn from. So that's kind of other projects I got myself involved in, but really it was just about building one app and really mm -hmm. doing the whole software development life cycle was really the theme behind that not just building one app because you could do that for multiple apps but you know my approach was to do the full software development life cycle mm -hmm. on one app and that did it Dang. all right so once you had the the app built how did you find the um how was the job search for you 
Mm-hmm. Was it was it easy? Uh, did did you uh did you have like yeah. people coming for you? <laughs> <laughs> I I uh I reflect back and I I realized how ruthless I was in the job search and it's the same way the same like ruthlessness and passion that you have to have for building your portfolio and making sure that your LinkedIn and everything is polished. Um, again, I was at a startup, which was a really great experience, but as things happen with startups, you can be there one day and the next day you're not. So I found myself in in that situation and I was at a point where like I didn't have to have a job the next day, but it was important for me to as pretty much as quickly as possible get another job. So I think having that fire helped me to like, okay, I really need to day in. I need to spend, I mean, hours. Like I was spending hours making sure that my resume was best written as can be, throw it in the jet. ChatGPT is my bullet points conveying the right yeah. information. <laughs> and then you have to balance updating your resume with working on your project. You got to make sure that you're mm-hmm. posting, you know, what's what's new about it on LinkedIn, Twitter, and making sure like GitHub, any if they want to see it, that's polished. So that's two parts of it. So you've got your resume writing, your portfolio projects. And then on top of that, you have to apply. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that is, it was hard because um, there's, in its seasons, there's lots of jobs and in its seasons, there's not as many, but Mm -hmm. I think I was at a point where there were quite a lot of jobs and you have to like, like looking back, you can really pick and choose what's best for you. But um, I think you have to be quick when job opportunities come, like making sure your alerts are on. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when the opportunity comes, making sure you have the best resume you have forward to to send as early as possible. Yeah. 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 From what I see in like, being at the right place at the right time and also being prepared, like having the your, your resume and like the technical skills, that's like the the bread and butter that will land you like an iOS job for sure. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And it took multiple tries. There were some interviews I went into that went good and eventually kind of broke through. But I think... Um, and something that I had people in my close circle telling me is that when it when the right one comes, it, it'll just happen and it'll yeah. kind of come quick. And that um, was the situation with my job. I, you know, was prepared for the interview and everything seemed to align what I wanted mm-hmm. in the company and what they were looking for. So I do think when you're prepared and making sure that your portfolio, your technical skills are there. And then another part is making sure your LinkedIn is best suited for a recruiter to find you. And once you're able to unlock and connect all those, and then the right opportunity comes, think you know, pretty natural. Yeah, 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 for sure. What advice would you have for any devs who are who are out there right now trying to break in to iOS? Mm-hmm. Similar to how I was saying, is it's it's impressive to see someone go through the full software development lifecycle on an app. 
and and I think that's important because it it shows really all the skills you need as a developer. Like you're able to, mm -hmm. even if it's an app that's already built, you can totally take a clone of an app, add a couple features, release it, or even some of those apps don't even have to necessarily be released. Those can be your portfolio project apps, but mm -hmm. showing that you can take requirements because that's how it is in the real world. You're working with um, company or like in the, I guess we'll call it the real world, but in a job, yeah. you're, um, you're not, you're kind of just the, the, the developer. Like you have a support yeah. system of getting, you know, these are the client services team. These are your product. I'll kind of mix in the requirements, but I think to get an iOS developer job, it's important to show that you could, like you understand, or you can work with all of those processes. So, yeah, I'm trying to say um, you got to follow the full mm -hmm. software development life cycle, and that mm -hmm. sometimes means taking an app from your passion, just taking an app from scratch, and building an MVP it doesn't have to have all the features you want, but build something that is really, I'd say, it's good enough to get on the app store. And then work on showing people, getting that to your friends, family, mm -hmm. people that you just may meet out and about. See what they think about the app, because um, what's really important in executing and releasing an app and seeing other people use it is that it releases your own biases of how you think your software should work. Yeah. And when you're able to have other people use it, get their feedback, incorporate what's right and what's realistic. You don't have to obviously put every feature that people ask because sometimes it's not realistic, but going through that process of building something and then it's, it's really follow agile methodologies. It's, it's you build something, you release working software, take the changes, and then you can build on that literally for forever that's maintainable and that's so impressive when you can do that once really good or you know kind of do that multiple times and maybe not maybe you don't have like an idea that's just oh you think is world breaking but i do think stamina bar has like a lot of impact that it can make and you know mm -hmm. it, it even if it doesn't that's okay and but learning that you feel like you can do it in other parts and that's what hiring managers see that's okay he can come in on the marsh mcclennan team and you know kind of revive our app so that's it's important yeah yeah that's true and, and i i always kind of viewed it as like a it's all like a feedback loop like your project your resume your linkedin mm -hmm. based on how your based on how your performance is is uh when you are like applying for jobs those are kind of like hints that those need to be improved and worked on. Totally. Yep. And then even when you do get the interview, like your performance on the interviews itself is like, um, it kind of lets you know it's a pointer, right? That's exactly right. Maybe, yep. maybe you do bad in the interview, but it doesn't mean that it's over, right? It doesn't mean you'll never be a developer, <laughs> but it just tells you you have some work to do. That's exactly right. And the the last thing I wanted to touch on 
before we uh, wrap up the live stream is what advice would you have for developers uh, for their first day? Let's say they land a role. What's some advice for the first day? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Well, I think for more or less, depending where you go, you're going to have all of your onboarding onboarding things. And I know that's kind of like in one category, but I'm thinking you may mean in terms of like iOS development specifically, and I can kind of go into both, yeah. but um, you should really get involved. Like first day for talking onboarding stuff, like try to get involved in some clubs, like at the company I'm at, we have Toastmasters, which is kind of like a public speaking club. And there's also employee resources groups. So um, there's groups for runners and, people of different uh, diversity backgrounds. And that's that's good, like making sure that you're being social is super important. But as a developer, what you should really do is, it's, it's like what I would do, or if I was a hiring manager and what I'd want from my developer is to, Try and set meetings with people who you're going to be working with or who knows the code better than you. And even if it's just for the first two weeks, uh, like try to meet with them 30 minutes as much as possible. Because if you have that set calendar where you don't have to have the pressure of, okay, I need to go ask questions. It's just, we may talk for 30 minutes. We may talk for 15 minutes, but the time is there. And every day you can pretty much show what you learned in the code and you can also ask questions. And um, I think that helps um, a developer coming on to get comfortable with asking questions because that is a normal thing to do. And when you're good at it, it makes everyone's life easier because you understand the work better, you get it done faster. And then bringing in other people, it's like, you love working. Maybe I say yeah. that, but it's nice working with other people. And when other people are helping other people, they, you know, build good interactions. So try to try to yeah. schedule time with uh, people you're going to be working with and ask questions. Yeah, like you should definitely be asking questions because it it'll it'll come back and bite you. Like if you don't understand somebody or not somebody, but something. And you just go along with it, then you might find yourself in a position where you're asked to deliver something. You have no idea what you have to do. And now it's now you're going to look dumb because you have to ask questions that they assumed you knew because you didn't say anything. And one advice I would have is um, understand that it might be underwhelming or not underwhelming, overwhelming the first, the first couple of days because you're going to have a lot thrown at you. Like you're going to see a, probably a huge code base. <laughs> probably the biggest code base you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, like for, and for example, like for my job, it was kind of funny because I couldn't even, like I started on, mon on a Monday. I couldn't work until that Wednesday because, well, not that I couldn't work, but the, the laptop that they had for me, I just couldn't access it because of like the password for it was being sent in the mail company policy. And and they, it was it got lost or something, and I couldn't access the the laptop, so that was a whole fiasco. 
And even even though I couldn't do that, I still had to like onboard and learn things. So just just knowing or accepting that it was probably going to be overwhelming definitely helped me a lot. I I agree, and I think that also ties into why I say asking questions or setting up a meeting where you can ask questions, and it's not like okay, I need to kind of go. It's like it's just there. Is that's that happened to me? I got in first day and I was like well it was good that I kind of found some other projects that were bigger than I've ever seen before but also advice to developers just like clone a huge not a huge project but clone a project that is just just like wow I think it's important to see that there are uh, repos out there that are huge but in due time um, you know you can clean them up and get familiar with huge code bases but um, yeah, that that happened to me, <laughs> but that's okay yeah. though. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to reflect on because you I, you came back you came on the show like six months ago, right? Around, around that time. Yeah, it was technically and, eight months, but yeah, six around oh, eight months. Yeah, oh, it was like May. Oh, was really? Like May. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I didn't. Uh, I have my dates a little messed up. But given that, uh, I kind of wanted to reflect how it's been like how's the six months or eight months at the job how has that experience been and how's it yeah how have you liked it i've I've liked it a lot because it it's you have to like remind yourself this is kind of a dream that i i wanted i remember kind of starting off even before i like really had the belief i could be an ios developer i was always passionate about it and then as you know, when I was going through the job search, it's like, you want to be an iOS developer? Here it is. And I think about when I first came onto the job because it was a huge code base. And I remember thinking, uh, this is going to be, this is going to be tough. But I still had the belief. I had a good team around me. And early on, one of the first things I had to do was build a search feature. And that totally revamped our app because it's, I mean, it's dead smack there. You use our app and you can't miss it. And it's a great utility to our app. Mm. And it was requested by someone on our client advisory board. So some of our clients that we work with are like, you know, your app needs this basically. And I understood why, because it's, it's kind of like having a dictionary of pages you can um, view through. And then within those pages, there's multiple pages you can see. And uh, without it, like the search feature, uh, and the search feature makes the app a whole lot better. But what was really daunting at first was a, a huge, a huge code base that I had to get familiar with. And one of the skills that I knew a little bit about, but hadn't done too much was working with like REST APIs, that type of stuff. And that was like the kind of first thing I had to do after there was like a few like little on like quick fixes that I was able to get. But like the search feature was something I was working on maybe like a month in. And it, it took like we got it done in a timely manner but it was it was hard because it was a lot of a learning process and 
we have it was like across multiple platforms. So our team is iOS, and then we have Android, and then we have web. So we were building wow. this feature for all three. And my job was to do it for the iOS part. So it was like I had to like really work hard and make sure I was asking the right questions and using yeah. all the resources I we have our what was nice is we have our own internal chat GPT tools called um like Lin AI, which is is basically the company's chat GPT. And that definitely helped me because like I said, I was coming into a new code base, uh pretty much first developer job and it's kinda of having to build something not unrealistic, but it was definitely hard. And yeah. um so yeah, I was able to you know, first off, you know, got the search feature done. And like, before I even go to that, like the search feature, there was like this one bug I fixed early on and probably throughout the search that caused our app to crash. Like user would try to log in and then app would crash. <laughs> and that was, that was tough. So that was yeah. a nice thing um, to fix. And like I said, I can go into each more mm. thing that I've kind of major projects yeah. I've worked on, but what, what, it, what do you think throughout that time was the biggest lesson you learned since you uh, started? Wow, the biggest lesson, um, man, there's so many. I think, I think the biggest lesson one is realizing that as an iOS developer, and especially in my role, but. In general, as an iOS developer, people use and rely on your app. So, like, your app being really good or really bad affects people's day. So, yeah. to build something that people like and want to use, you have to put in the time. And you have to work hard, but you're not, you don't have to work, like, Unreal, unrealistically hard, like kind of like the uh, what do they call it? Like the hustle culture, like the hustle bros. Yeah, you definitely need to put in your 120 eight, hours. Yeah, like no, no, no I'm not saying because that's not. No, yeah, <laughs> but I think it's just um, and something that yeah, it's really just about putting in your due diligence, and that's something that I've had to come to learn to appreciate and seeing other people like, just like, wow, they are really in Xcode or they're really like seeing other people's mm -hmm. GitHub, how active they are. It's just like, um, you know, there's levels to it. And of course you're not going to come on first, you know, month or whatever in iOS development and even know so much about Xcode that you can spend like, just straight doing stuff but as you like do ios development stuff day in day out five days a week you have your side projects six or seven times a week you really build like just a fundamental how to do things quickly how to build features quickly how to debug things and like I said, that's just the biggest lesson I learned because I yeah. came in and like I said, I knew a lot, but I also, you know, you realize you put in 
a, a hard day shift every day, but you can't work, like you said. And I'm, I'm not saying that I did this either, but just having to realize you have to work hard every day and making sure that you're resting every day so you can come back and do it in in a continuous cycle. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that takes some 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 like some learning or I don't I don't know what it is, but that's something I realized is you really have to know when it's time to take a break. Like, cause you have you do have to like work hard and put in the time, but sometimes it could be maybe like later in the day and you'd be like, oh, I could really implement this. It'd be quick, but in reality, it's sometimes best to just rest and wake up early. Like, well, at least for me, I like to wake up like in the morning and then just get to coding. Yep. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in that lesson, it's like you're saying, you may have already worked good shift at work. And then especially with remote work being more prevalent nowadays, it may be like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. And you're like, Oh, actually I can add this new thing. And then that becomes something where you're doing things late at night. Maybe you're prone to making errors. Et cetera, et cetera. Like it is better to, you know, do your due diligence, and and that's not also to say that you can't put in like good time, like yeah, outside. But you know, and even um, another reflection is like in the agile methodologies, one of their um, twelve manifestos is being able to do work consistently forever basically and if you're working the 120 hour you know <laughs> grind bros that's not it's not but yeah 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 it's not really sustainable mm-hmm. for 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 me i think one of the biggest lessons i learned was uh be flexible mm-hmm. because with my with the with my previous job like i went in or my, my first my first ios gig i went in and I actually had to learn some web development mm-hmm. um, part of the role because we had like uh, we had a lot of web web uh, web stuff embedded in the app. So I had to do that, and that really taught me a lesson. Like, because at first I was like, ah, because I had spent all this time working on Swift and iOS, and that was like what I was comfortable with. But mm-hmm. kind of uh, kind of getting out of that comfort zone. Um, reminded me that like we're not just like iOS developers. You're you, um, and eventually you're a developer, so you should be able to kind of work with any technology. And I would caveat that, or I would add a caveat to that, that at the beginning you shouldn't do that. Like you shouldn't just jump from iOS to web to uh, to like Android or something like that. You should like stick to one. But as you progress and as you like are comfortable with iOS or any other um, framework or anything like that, then you can kind of um, branch out and, and learn uh, different things. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. So what um, what are you looking forward to? Because um, now we're 2024 is coming. So as a, as a developer, as iOS developer, developer, are you looking forward to Vision Pro or is there anything else you're excited about? Of course, yeah, that's what first came to mind when you're thinking, like, oh, what am yeah. I looking for? Um, definitely Vision Pro. I think it's going to be, I think it'll be exciting. I'm I'm curious how, um, so you, for example, you have, like, I'm curious about how 
integrated it will be, especially working with MacBooks, because I think where I'll find the most value out of Vision Pro is having it as an extension of my Mac. And like, I'm curious if it'll, if it's like kind of stuck to just your one laptop or similar to AirPods, like I can switch my AirPods to, you know, this computer, to my phone really easily, to my work computer. So uh, I'm curious to really test out Vision Pro on kind of everything I have. And um, even building something simple, I think there's, uh, I guess what like the word I'm looking for is like realistic opportunities to build stamina bar into Vision Pro, but I think if I'm able to get my hands on one early, I definitely want to mm. like use it as an extension of my Mac, and then I'm sure I'll build. If if it's stamina bar can't go on there early on, I'll definitely want to build some type of yeah. game or just early on get something to the Vision Pro App Store. Will you be purchasing it? Um, yeah, probably. Are you looking? At... I mean, yeah, I've got. Um, I don't know how it's gonna work, but you know, yeah. I'm on all the newsletters and oh. and yeah, if it's like if it's something where I'm yeah. gonna have to like fly to New York <laughs> to get it, that's like oh. I, I, I don't think so. Because right? <laughs> I mean, isn't everything like online now? Just pre-order and all that. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe so. If, if it's if it's if it's smooth and they're not, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try it. I'm definitely gonna. Oh. I have the plan to. Yeah. Or, or maybe they will do that, but maybe they'll do that for like the initial release, just to kind of add some nostalgia. Because people used to line up for like iPhone stuff, right, and Apple stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that that be. I don't know if I'll be getting it. I really want to see how the like how the market accepts it, or yeah, like what happens. Yeah. Um. I think it'll be. Fine. I think it's going to be really good for games because I had an Oculus mm-hmm. and there's a couple, I don't really play it much, but I know there's some really good games on there and seeing how Apple is partnering with Unity and how a lot of really good games are built in Unity. I'm hoping that mm-hmm. those games in Unity work really well on Vision Pro and yeah, I would love to see some of the games that are on Oculus yeah. and Apple Vision Pro. That'd be good. Dang, yeah, Apple's uh, they're aiming for what is it called, Ready Player One? Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really are. They really are. I was gonna also just say, with um, other than being excited about Vision Pro for twenty twenty four, something that I really found interesting was. Apple started to announce like they have an entrepreneur camp and they have app store app best awards. And I know it's pretty early for me to even try, but that is something I just like tried for anyway. And I think I learned a lot just kind of watching that from the scenes. And of course it didn't go through, which is a okay first year, but um, really excited also to continue to just day in, day out, use Xcode job and, to continue to build standard yeah. bar. Wait, how does that work with the the app, the app, the Apple Award thing? Do you have to do you have to like submit your app for it or? Yeah, I think um, 
I'm not sure exactly how the Apple Awards go, but I know they pick, mm-hmm. and the category I'd go for is like best Apple Watch app. But there's probably something that you apply for, but it may just be kind of like Apple is picking mm-hmm. their stuff. Um, but there's a the one that won Apple Watch. She's pretty active indie developer on Twitter or X, however you want to call it nowadays. Yeah. But he built Smart Gym. I believe that's the Apple Watch name, and it's it's like it's good. And I look at like inspiration from apps like that. You know, stamina bar, I feel like has potential to be designed and people like it as well. And well, I was going to ask for, but I think you, you kind of alluded to it, that at the current job, you, you, you don't have, or are you working on any, do you get to work on Apple Watch products or is it just no, iOS? It's, yeah, more iOS. There's maybe slight potential for watchOS development, but definitely what the business needs is iOS. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we'll wrap it up here. Uh, thank you again for coming on the show and thank you for the live stream. That was, um, that was pretty dope. Where can the people find you and where can they get stamina bar? Yeah. Um, I stamina bar is free on app store so you can Go from your iPhone or Apple Watch specifically, type in Stamina Bar. If you download it from your Apple Watch, it'll automatically just show up. And then if you download from your iPhone, it's going to go directly to your Apple Watch. And yeah, it's a free app. And then I'm pretty much most active on LinkedIn. You can just find me at Bryce Ellis, iOS developer, and that'll pop up. Thank you guys for tuning into an episode of the iOS Dev Podcast. I'll see you guys next time. Peace.